Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Wood Talk. Turning woodworkers into knitters since 2007. Here are your hosts, Mark, Shannon, and Matt. All right, it is Wood Talk number 374 for April 17th, 2017. On today's show, we're talking about if the finish is ruined once it starts curing in the can and giving up on a tool or a project. We'd also like to thank some folks who helped us out, Pete Bauer, and a bunch of folks on Patreon, and a bunch, uh, by a bunch, I mean three, Terry... Batisti, and I'm not. I'm not even going to say this one because it's inappropriate. And you know how sometimes we can get away with it. This one, I don't feel like we can really get away with it. I'm just going to call him Dr. And uh, let's see, Joshua as well. So thank you so much for your support, everyone. And if you want to help us out, you can too. Go to Patreon.com/slash/WoodTalk and found out uh, we've got like what four levels, five levels. I can't remember, but you could sign up for different levels and get a bunch of different things in return for your patronage, and we appreciate that support. Now, before and none of them are a free microwave. That's true. You don't get a free microwave. You don't get a free uh, football phone. Nothing like that. Nothing cool like that. <laughs> Be awesome. Yeah. Uh, and uh, let's see. So we want to also send a quick shout out to our buddy Matt Cremona, who is not here on the show today because he's at the hospital with his wife and uh, little baby Max, who had surgery. And uh, if you follow Matt online, you probably know some of the details. We're not going to go into that, but it sounds like the surgery was a success, and they are all recuperating and cuddling and. Uh, man, I'll tell you, this stuff, it, it like, tear, it tears at me. Uh, Lindsay posted a picture right before Max went into surgery. Oh my God, surgery. that was heartbreaking. Yeah, I was driving my kids to school, and Nicole was with me, and both of us are like, okay, let's get them into school. This is fine. You know, it was it was <laughs> definitely a tear-jerking moment. Uh, but I'm really glad to hear everything turned out okay. Uh, Matt texted me earlier and said everything is okay. So, uh, so far, so good. Wishing them luck, and let's do a show. Okay, right. then. Yes. So, what's on the bench? For me, I've been turning some drawings into templates and uh, getting ready to do a chair prototype for the guild. And uh, it's a lot of fun, but a lot of responsibility. You know, it's nice when someone gives you templates and you could just start building something. But when you have to make the templates, <laughs> stakes go up a little bit. You know, it's uh, a little bit more nerve wracking. But cool thing was um, working with Brian Benham. And he he's the guy who does all the plans behind the, the guild and the Wood Whisperer right now. 
Mm-hmm. And I drew everything up on some scaled paper. So basically one inch with the quarter inch grid and a, the bowl line at every inch. And he said, look, if you can get me an overhead shot, try to get it as clean as possible. So there's as little skewing as possible, get a picture, and then I'll be able to take it into whatever programs he uses to actually produce the template and get it into SketchUp. So I did all that, tried my best. And he goes, yeah, I'm not sure if it worked out. I had to approximate some curve. So he sends it to me and now it's in like a four page printout PDF that you could do on any inkjet printer. So cut it all out, lined up all the lines, taped it together. And then I cut the whole template out and you would not believe how accurate this thing was. I basically put it on top of my drawing and it perfectly just covered my pencil lines. So wow. yeah, it was like a very cool process. And I wish I had the time to like do that aspect of it. But right now it's just so much easier for me to hand that off to somebody else. But um, it was very cool to see what we can do with these crazy curves. Like how do I tell somebody, well, he used to live a long ways away, but now he's in, he's in Colorado and now I am too. So anyway, but still, you know, I'm not going to drive to the guy. So how do I send him a digital representation of these curves that I just basically pulled out of my, you know what, and put mm-hmm. onto a piece of paper. How do I get those accurately represented? Well, the photograph that well, that was all we needed to make that happen, and then some uh, software and a smart guy behind it. So I was super impressed with it. I thought that was a pretty cool uh, process to do. I'd be curious to find out what he's using. <clears throat> I know Adobe has several capture. I think he said Illustrator programs. initially. <clears throat> okay, because they even have. I've done that a couple of times. I had to create a a vector graphic of the. Um, the logo and everything we have on the curtain, the side curtains of one of our trucks, mm-hmm. 18 wheelers. And it was, it was done so long ago. Of course, nobody has any idea who did it, right. where any of the assets are. So yeah. I'm like, okay, let's see if I can do this. And Adobe has a thing where you can literally just import a picture and it, you know, traces it and gives you a, an EPS document out of mm-hmm. it. And I'll be damned <laughs> two tractor trailer curtain sides later. And it's like, wow, that looks exactly the same when it pulls up next to it. And all I did was take a picture and hit like go on the button and it spit out, you know, a vector graphic. I was like, this is just awesome. Nice. Can't beat that. <laughs> well, it makes me feel bad in. for real graphic designers. <laughs> right. You make it a little bit too easy. Um, <laughs> right. But yeah, so I mean, it was a really cool process and now we get to actually distribute those to guild members and let them play with it a little bit. See, my um, issue with something like this, though, is like you haven't built the chair yet. Nope. So like, I mean, how many times does that pattern, does something change while you're building the project? You know, and it's like, oh, you know what? I'm going to shave a little bit of that curve because it mm-hmm. suits better or it looks better in the long run. And, you know, then you go to all this trouble. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, this this is the third iteration before it even made it to Brian. I, I drew my first one up. Multiple times I would let a day or two go by, then I would look at it again and give myself some time off from it, go back to it, and I would get, oh, that's something's not right here. Let me see if I could fix that. So it already has gone through at least that level of sort of brain filtration, if you will. But there's still the what does this thing actually look like test. Right. <laughs> and because there's two profiles, there's the front and the side profile. So it isn't until uh which is the next step is to give him my my overhead frame shot and just show him how these things go together. So I emailed him today and said, hey, can you, when you can, get the 3D leg built. You know, make sure I have the legs, rotate them to the proper angle, and put them together with the frame pieces and the front legs. Let me see what that looks like, because that's going to tell me a lot. And that's actually one of the ways that, you know, something like SketchUp is fantastic, because while it's not perfect, I'll be able to look at that and get a gut feeling as to whether I'm even anywhere in the ballpark of where I want to be. Uh, and then, of course, the last test is to build the dang thing and then say, oh, that sucks. Let's uh, let's change that. <laughs> right. Retcon. Retcon. <laughs> yeah. So that's actually nice. what this that what makes this build unique 
is that I'm not promising that in the end, I'm going to have the perfect solution. I'm showing them how we do this. And in the end, if there is a lesson learned, like, hey, let's take shave a little off here. Let's do that. By the end, they will have a finished version of it. And then I'm going to build like five more of the finished version. Right. Uh, but they're going to see the 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 way you go through this and make the prototype and then make adjustments, but they have all the tools that they need to actually build the final version, even though they, they sort of went on the journey with me. So just kind of a unique presentation out of the norm. I like how you rationalize that. That's uh, that's what I'm telling myself anyway. So <laughs> hey, nice. I, can, I can sell ice to an Eskimo, man. It's <laughs> I'm pretty good at it. No, but seriously, I think it's going to be fun. And, and realistically with a chair, if you just go in blind and build a chair, that's probably not going to be the most comfortable or best looking thing you you could make. You know, you kind of right. do have to make a prototype unless you have a proven something in front of you that you're just extracting info from. So we did a little bit of both uh, with the prototype I'm making. I feel fairly confident it's going to be good and may only need minor tweaks uh, before we call it the final version. Uh, and the last thing I mentioned real quick is Nicole was in the shop and she turned a funnel accidentally. <laughs> so she was making a bowl and she, she's got this whole thing she did with our uh, Patreon campaign for the wood whisperer, where she's going to actually give a bowl to one of the, the top tier people. And uh, she just is the first time she's done it in over 10 years. So she's getting back into it. And as she just went a little bit too far and uh, cut that blank right out of the chuck <laughs> and has nice. a nice bowl with a hole in it. So what I'm going to do, because it actually, I think it's still usable. I'm going to take a, a bit of figured maple that, or I'm sorry, figured uh, walnut, because I know how you like walnut and maple mixed together in the same project. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So we're going to, uh, I'm basically going to plane the the walnut down and actually just try to epoxy the, the bowl with the hole on it and just kind of uh, have her make a little bit of a lipped base around so she can continue to push through uh, the top layer and go into that walnut layer. And on the outside, it'll just kind of have this, you know, cove, sort of a bullnose effect uh, piece of trim all the way around that will be the base. And hopefully it'll be salvageable. We'll see. See, I think you should have embraced it. <clears throat> Since we've got the whole like Lindsay bringing Matt donuts, you could one up her and say, Nicole made a donut. That's right. Like, she made me a wooden yeah, donut. <laughs> hard maple donut. Take that, Lindsay. Yep, you know, that's, see that. That would have been... Yeah. Missed opportunity, awesome. I guess. Uh, but what's going on with you? Uh, this was one of those. It was a it was a long weekend uh, mm -hmm. for Easter weekend. We were closed Good Friday and everything, so I was staring down the barrel of no significant plans. You know, brunch with the family on Easter, but really, kind of that was it. Going, man, I got a lot of shop time. I've got all these projects I need to do, but honestly, I needed to take a step back. And have some me time. Do some stuff for me. I've sure. got – you guys have heard me – well, you guys. <laughs> you. Yes. <laughs> Matt, when you're listening to this, I'm thinking of you. You guys. Um, you guys have heard me mention the whole track lighting thing in my shop for a while. And I've had the parts and I've even had one of the tracks installed. But it's just one of those things where if I take time to install that track lighting, I'm taking time away from – like the stuff that I'm building for the school or for the Renaissance woodworker. But mm -hmm. I just decided I was going to do it. And uh, I got all my track lighting up. And again, sticking with the same theme that I've shared in the past, anytime you've got like a DIY project, it just takes for flipping ever mm -hmm. to do it. Um, there's something about um, me and drywall just don't get along. <laughs> like it, every time I've got to hang something that, you know, more than just like a picture that doesn't have to go into a stud or whatever, there's just no rhyme or reason as where the studs are placed in my house. Yeah. They're, they're not, you know, 16 inches on center. Yeah. They're not 12 inches on center. They're just kind of thrown up there. Wherever and they felt like putting them. 
Well, the same thing with the joists. The joists in my shop run perpendicular to the joists in the room next door. Um, now, granted, in hindsight, and I look at this and realize there's a center block wall, so it was probably built separate from the from the um, main part of the house. But mm-hmm. still, like the ceiling in my laundry room next door is unfinished. So I could go into the laundry room and see the joists and go, oh, okay, they're running that way because right. you can actually see them go through the wall into the shop. Mm-hmm. No, apparently they go through the wall into some sort of ledger or something like that and the joists run perpendicular. Out. Weird. So, you know, I'm – putting up track and the track uh what you buy from the store comes with like toggle bolts and stuff like that it's meant to be mounted because there's just no way you can rely upon on joists Mm -hmm. but i also had one long run that i was thinking i was trying to position it kind of left or right in the shop to avoid the overhead garage door and i slid it to the left thinking oh there's a joist right here that'll make life so much easier because toggle bolts they just suck yeah. Like you have to drill like a big five eighths inch hole in a drywall and there's drywall dust going everywhere. Yeah. Of course, it was four holes before I realized, hey, why don't I grab the dust collection hose and hold it right up to the <laughs> drill as I'm making it? And that was like one of those like, I am so brilliant. Yeah. Like, look at me. Look what I figured out. <laughs> right. You know, meanwhile, there's like and of course that rubber, those rubber floor mats, you know, there's drywall dust ground into my nice pristine just vacuum. God forbid, man. That's terrible. I know. I know. So now there's white <laughs> smudges on my on my black rubber floor. Uh, now you get, I'm going to have to get down ones. there and like scrub it, you know, yeah. but you should actually tell them, uh, you should send a picture to the company and say you want replacements. Yes. See what I they say. <laughs> but invariably when you start using those toggle bolts, they're a, they're a one and done situation. Cause once you slide that toggle up and it snaps open it inside, back. <laughs> you'll never get it back. Yeah. And invariably you'll be tightening something up and like halfway tight. It finds a joist. And it won't go tight anymore. The bolt won't physically go any tighter. You're like, you've got to be kidding me. So it's like, you know, arms straight up in the air, extending, holding this track, balancing it, wishing I had help, you know, every time something would go wrong with the toggle. So needless to say, long story short, I'm thinking, let's try to, let's try to place one on a joist. Cause then I've got these, you know, self-tapping, you know, Robert's drive screws, just zip, zip in and done. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I I drilled one in. I was like, great, this is going to be so much easier. And there was no rhyme or reason where the studs were. The joists were from there. Oh, geez. Every single piece of track that went up, there was some issue. That's <laughs> some the worst, issue. man. And sometimes it was everything up went up fine. And then I plug in a, a pendant into the track and there's no current running into the track. It's like, what? <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. So then you got to take it down. Well, like I said before, you don't get the toggles back once you take it down. Mm-hmm, right. So I, I actually had to run to the store and buy more toggle bolts. Oh, man. It's like, it's ridiculous. But it's up. And I've got, uh, I've got 10 pendants up. They've got smart bulbs in each one of the pendants. Nice. Uh, holy crap, the amount of light um, those things generate. Because I use the, the spots, the BR30 bulbs, the big ones. Yeah, right. Um. And it's just awesome because every single bulb, since they're smart bulbs, every single bulb is individually dimmable. I can change the color of any bulb that I want, although most of the – like the filming I do is all in daylight. No purple? Uh, <laughs> well, now I can if I want. <laughs> if you wanted to. <laughs> I really want to draw attention to the, that particular moment. The psychedelic edition of uh, Renaissance Woodworker. But it, it's pretty sweet because I've I've created several scenes in the Philips Hue app. You know, like this is there, there's several shots that you end up taking, you know, in an average wide in front of the bench, wide in front of the tool cabinet, you know, yeah. et cetera, and dialing in the scenes to get those lighted just right. And then 
no light anywhere else, which was always been the big issue for me because there was just one switch on the wall and it flipped on all the overheads. Right. Now that one switch, it turns them all on, but then the tap of a button on my phone or I've got one of those um, wall-mounted taps, the programmable light switch things, mm-hmm. it's pretty sweet. Nice. So it, it it took me most of the long weekend to get it done. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. Um, the last thing I want to do is I've got a track. I, I ran track everywhere. It's like, you know, running electricity in the shop when you're framing it out. You want to have plenty of outlets, even though you'll never, you may never use half of yeah, them. Yeah, a lot of redundancy. Done, right? So I ran track everywhere. Um, and I ran it even above the garage, knowing full well that while the garage is up, like no pendant would fit there. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I may be able to find some low profile ones, but my thought was that's exactly where my lathe sits. So if nothing else, close the garage door, pop a pendant out of the ceiling, go over, plop it into the track. So I love the fact that it's totally modular mm-hmm. and it's just a matter of, you know, twisting and the pendant drops out and you can put another one in. But uh, I think they make these like gooseneck um, track pendants that I think I may grab a couple of those and mount them by the garage door and they can just fold up out of the way, nice. you know, if I need to open the garage door or whatever. But there's all kinds of cool little um, attachments now that have a track lighting. Like they have a plug-in um, plug. So you can just drop this into the track and you have an outlet right oh, there. Oh, no kidding. Where Power. needed in the ceiling, yeah. which would be pretty sweet as well. So I think I may pick up a couple of those and just kind of play with it for now. Cool. But such a huge difference. Yeah. When I need it, there's a enormous amount of light and when i don't i can dial it back and i can get intimate oh yeah Move have a nice working. romantic shop setting <laughs> that's right that <laughs> sounds good man light makes a yeah. big difference especially with these you know tasks where you really need to see details and stuff it uh, makes all the difference in the world yeah and it's, it's just nice because they're all positionable you know do yeah. they rotate and move around so i can throw the light exactly where i want it and cool. you know that is one instance i guess we're having a lower shop ceilings nice because mm-hmm. it's just reach up and twist it and there it is you know? right yeah um, but not so low that I'm hitting my head because that was a concern. <laughs> right. I might actually be bumping into the into the track pendants. So. I've got a, a couple of the LED panels here that are just high enough that, that it like my head just kind of is maybe a quarter inch underneath them. Uh, and mm-hmm. then I guess I had Andy, Andy uh, Klein in the shop at one point. Well, I think Andy's just a little bit taller than I am. So we, we had a little boo-boo at one point <laughs> with, his, uh. with his head in a barn door. So <laughs> uh, yeah, got to watch that. All right, let's move into what's new. Got a couple things to share with you. First one is uh, another Doucette and Wolf great video. This is the Pie Crust Tea Table. It's a two-part series. Uh, part two, I think, is really, really good. And they show a lot of the, the work that's being done for the, the two tops that they're making. And anything these, these guys make is just fantastic. The quality, the workmanship, the video, uh, just, it just feels like uh, we're lucky to be there and watch this. You know, And it's, not, it's no talking. It's just the whole thing showing the, the process. Absolutely fantastic, inspirational stuff. Definitely want to go check it out. I hope it works for them. Yeah. This, the whole video thing in general. Yeah. That it, I mean, because obviously they're furniture makers, you know, that, and, and all of us are like, oh, you got to check out that page, that, that channel. They're so awesome. But like, none of us are going to buy their furniture. No, no. Yeah. Well, I wonder what it does for them because they've been doing it for a long time. Right. You know, so obviously someone likes it at the very least they enjoy that process otherwise they wouldn't bother it's a lot of work even if you're not talking it's a lot of work to just document everything you're doing yeah. so i would love to find out from them what if they've like figured out does this do anything for them does it help with sales or is this just a labor of love yeah i mean their their videos are so obviously not catered towards like this is how you do it yeah you know and and even like the the details they do show i can see it from a hey look at how handmade our stuff is mm-hmm. like come buy it 
Um, so I hope it works because yeah, their stuff is amazing. Absolutely. I like them a lot. Welcome. Uh, let's see. This is um, coming from Aaron. Uh, this is another wonderful Vimeo video, but it's not nearly as artisanal as some of the others. <laughs> it's actually really fascinating. It's the making of a dugout canoe. And I will admit this is an area that I know nothing about. You know, I, you know, I, I think you like light a fire in the log and then hack out the stuff in the middle. And there are a couple of moments where you're watching this where you, you ever have that moment, a project where you realize just how big of a task you just took on. And you're like, yeah. oh, man, there's a point where he flips it over and he starts hollowing it out. And he's like hacking away with an ads and he kind of pauses, catches breath. And you see that look on his face. That's the look. Yeah, it's like, we've all oh, been there. my God, what did I just get myself into? But it, it is – it's really sweet. I, I had never seen it done this way before where they, they actually dig it out and then they like put it over the fire Hold and actually steam it apart. So they spread the log open so that it ends up being um, quite a bit wider. As you're first watching it, it's this really, really narrow thing. And I kept thinking like what narrow-butted man is going to fit inside that dugout canoe? But uh, sure enough – little bit of steaming, the whole thing bends open, and, and they've got this really beautiful dugout canoe. Did uh-huh. I stretch that long enough for you, Mark? Uh-huh. Yeah, I was with you the whole time, man. <laughs> for those listening, Mark, like, <laughs> ran away in the background. And I was basically done talking, and I had to just, like... Sometimes make, I just get bored, up. and I just walk off in the middle of the show. <laughs> I said way more than I wanted to yeah. about that dugout canoe. <laughs> and Cremona's not here to take up the slack, so it was very awkward. Uh, no, like, normally, we've got a driveway side of the house, and it's kind of, like, off to the side, clearly not the front of our house. And uh, we just had a delivery from the FedEx guy, and he's just, like, standing out there with this box. And I'm like, what, what, okay, what was wrong with the front door? <laughs> so <laughs> I just I wanted to get rid of him as fast as possible. So there you oh go. God. You know what? That reminds me. Tangent time. Vanderlist okay. is on the show. Um, I mentioned this on Facebook. <clears throat> I had a delivery. I ordered those uh, fancy French cut or forged nails back on New Year's Eve yeah. for that bookshelf that I built. Yep. Um, and they never showed up and they never showed up. And I keep, I keep meaning to call the company in Germany, um, to say, Hey, obviously they never got here. Mm-hmm. I was setting up my patio furniture cause it's finally warm here. And I went to move our generator out of the way. It was all set up for the winter that never happened here. Yep. And I couldn't move it. It kept running over something. So I had to like untuck the tarp. Now, this is like a 400 pound generator, you know, on wheels with a little like toe, like the little lift bar on it. So I like lift up the bar and untuck the tarp because the tarp is underneath the wheels at this point, really kind of protecting it. Mm-hmm. Rolled up inside the tarp was a box from Dictum in Germany with my forged nails. Okay. And, you know, I pull out the shipping invoice and they shipped on February 1st, which, you know, maybe it's like a month later, but still it's an international order that that's totally expected for me. Um, so I don't know when they were actually delivered, probably sometime early February. Mm-hmm. The delivery driver had to like walk around the side of my house, go through the gate into the backyard, walk around the huge rhododendron around a tree to get to my back deck, mm-hmm. unwrap the tarp from around this 400 pound generator, tuck it inside the tarp, and then wrap the tarp back under the wheels of the generator. Cause I had not moved that generator. Um, you know, when it's cold outside, we don't use the back deck at all. Yeah. I'm floored. Like who would go through that much trouble? Like seriously. was it raining or something that he felt he needed to cover it? I have no idea. How so weird. let's just say my nails have been there for like two months. <laughs> nice. Underneath the tarp in yeah. the back. <laughs> Jeez, dude, that's crazy. 
I, I wow, <laughs> no words to, 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 I, I, I ran in the house immediately. I was like, Heather, you're not going to believe what I just found on the deck. She's like, Surprise. I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't want to know what you found on the deck. Yeah. Oh, that is really weird. Okay. I have a whole bunch of forged nails now. Fancy French ones. Oh, there you go. Now you got your collection started. Okay. Uh, last one we have here in the what's new section is a reclaimed audio episode. I was, uh, had the good fortune of being a guest on there. I don't think I mentioned it last week. At least I don't remember mentioning it or I can't remember when it happened. Things are all kind of blurring together at this stage of my life. And uh, so I did a, a guest appearance on Recla- reclaimed audio. Go check it out. It uh, was a lot of fun. Those guys were a hoot to hang out with doing a lot of guest uh, podcasting these days. It's fun. Yeah. I see that. You're such a podcast. I'm Hoo-wah. busy, man. I'm busy. <laughs> podcast. Oh, by the way, I got a horse Speaking butt strop. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't, I could, really couldn't make the connection between <laughs> that and my horse butt strop. But uh, here it is. It came in. It smells like leather. I really enjoy that. So uh, I'm going to put it to use. See what you see if it's all what you guys claim it. Uh, if it, yeah, there's a word for that. If it's what it cracked up to be. Is that the right way to say that? Sure. Okay. Sounds, Sounds good. good to me. When you're podcasting, things just don't come out or sound right the, the way you want them to. It's really weird. All right. So we finished what's new. Let's get into our kickback here. I uh, actually have quite a few. So first one here is from Kurt Pierce. He says, I'm a 24-year-old carpenter in Bustleton, which is one of the, in the southwest corner of Australia. I work for a construction company who specializes in homes, uh, basically $1 to $10 million. Even though I'm on the general construction side, I work for a construction company. Why am I reading the same thing twice? I think I might've typed that weird. Uh, let's see of carpentry, even if it is working on the higher end of the scale, quality tools, uh, timber and designs. I enjoy listening to your podcast as I work and it has been a pleasure to learn about the other side of working with timber in regards to your festool out in the wild question. There is no lack of it here, but people only tend to bring it out when they're feeling a bit fancy. So that's when they want to woodwork with their pinky out, I guess <laughs> make sure you hold the tracks all down and hold your pinky out at the same time. <laughs> Uh, the most common tools used by our carpenters are the plunge saw, capex drop saw, uh, rotex sander, vacuums, and planer in that order. But like I said, they don't come out every day. And the number one rule is don't touch another guy's festool gear. Some toys aren't meant to be shared. So we actually got a lot of feedback about this. We, we've got another kickback here and, and a few more on this topic and also on the website. So if you go to the website, you'll see other people who left some great comments about this. But we'll, we'll get back to this topic in a minute. Okay. Good to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one's from Alex. He says, uh, when I was deployed to an area with not a lot of trees, we would always have shipping crates, pallets, all the furniture that was broken for some reason. And that my source of material, that was my source of materials for building furniture. Using a couple of ja- uh, cheap Japanese hole saws, uh, a couple of cheap Japanese hole saws, nephew, chis- what? Learn Jap- to write, people. Japanese hole saws, nephews, chisels. Hole saws is possessive. It is couple you just have to ignore that part using a couple cheap japanese whole saws <laughs> nephew chisels yes exactly <laughs> i've heard of that Whatever. brand he <laughs> used a couple of cheap japanese whole saws yeah a chisel belonging to his nephew a mallet and two wooden handle screws and a few marking man this just gets worse just, you could build a lot of stuff with a few tools just go with it <laughs> a block plane sharpening stones and a router plane also come in very handy well there you go mm-hmm. it was good to know see so if you're in some place with no trees Break furniture. Break some furniture. Yeah. Go steal some pallets. Yeah. And steal chisels from your nephew. Japanese, and whole Japanese saws, whole saw nephew chisels. chisels. Right. 
All right. Next one is from Grant Feldman. Uh, he says again, in response to Festool in a wild have just completed major renovations on the house. And the only crew to use Festool were the guys that built and installed the kitchen, but they all had Festool. Everyone else, plumbers, electricians, et cetera, used other brands. It's interesting. Do they have a plumbing line, a Festool plumbing line, mm. the Festool pipe cutter. I don't think so. Maybe just their multi-tool. <laughs> Festool <thingy>. pipe stretcher. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure if anyone's going to come up with that, they would. <laughs> nice. All right. This is from Christian. He says, hi. Hi, Christian. Hi. Regarding Festool used by professionals here in Germany, here in <laughs> Russia, sorry, <laughs> here in Germany, all contractors, carpenters that worked around our house use Festool or Makita stuff. They especially use Festool Capex vacuums, track saws. The kitchen guys love them. Hmm. And products from the drywall lineup. They use Makita for smaller tools like drills. As they grow up in a Bosch and AEG family, back when AEG was quality stuff, we have more Bosch than anything else except for the track saw. There is no better saw in this regards than the Festo ones. Thanks for the podcast. It makes my work less tiring. Very nice, Christian. Hmm, there we go. So there we Apparently, Festool gets used by people. Some people are using them. It seems like it, but it only ventures into the finer parts of the the home building and on-site construction process. So like the closer you get to finished products and fine woodworking, quote unquote, it seems like the more you're going to see those things appear, which makes sense. Makes total sense. Okay. Uh, We don't have any voicemail here today, but if you want to leave us one, you can get us on Skype and our username there is woodtalkonline. You could also just send us a voice memo from your phone and send that to woodtalkonline at gmail.com. All right, so we got a couple of emails. He, Wade Naziri, wrote in. He says, question about finishes in general, but armor seal specifically. I made the mistake of buying a gallon. I've used most of it, but uh, the last 25% is taking forever. I noticed there is a layer of cured finish at the top with liquid finish below. Number one, does the cured portion impact the composition of the remainder? And number two, is it wise to use the finish below the hardened cured layer? Thanks, Wade. Okay, so I mean- Otherwise known as the soup skin. Yes, the pudding skin, pudding skin singles. Um, it's from Seinfeld. Okay, so if you, well, I think that's generally a bad sign. Like once that happens, I think the amount of time before that entire can is just like sludge and schmutz, as we say, uh, is, is going to be very short. So you probably want to use it fairly quickly. You might find that the consistency is a little bit thicker. But I think the most important thing is you need to make sure that it's going to cure. So before you use it, take a little sample out, get a piece of plywood or some piece of scrap and coat it and just make sure it dries within that 24 period that you expect it to. If there's any curing issues with it, then you're going to want to avoid it. But if it does cure, you're okay. So if you uh, find that the stuff is a little bit thicker, maybe some of the thinner has evaporated uh, as part of that cure process, you can just take that skin off put a little mineral spirits in there, dilute it down just a little bit so it's easier to apply and put it on your project. But again, test it first. You got to make sure it's uh, it's going to do what you expect it to do. But the fact that you are seeing that hardening in there kind of means that you're on your way to losing that finish if you're not careful. Um, and also you might want to invest in some bloxygen or some compressed argon <laughs> so you can actually uh, avoid this from happening or, or potentially avoid it from going through that last stage, though it's still going to be a little bit of a fight now that it's already begun. I can I can attest to that. I bought a gallon of Endurovar um, a while ago, and I've been like spraying the bloxygen stuff in there, and it's still good. It's good stuff. No cool. soup skin. No, no pudding soup skin. skin. No pudding skins. Oh, too nice. bad. George likes them. 
Uh, let's see. This one's from Connor McClure. He says, I recently moved and in packing and unpacking, I had to make tough decisions about what to keep, quote, for that thing I want to make. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys ever reached a breaking point where it's just easier to give up the ghost, let go of a project or idea, hardware tool, because it's just in the way? And if so, did you end up just buying whatever that thing was <laughs> to do the project later? So um, this goes this goes a couple of ways. I've had tools that... I bought specifically to, you know, I want to get into that aspect or I want to incorporate that in a new project and it never happened. It never happened. And finally I just sold the tool. Yeah. Um, my scroll saw is a good example of that. Oh. Uh, and my attempts to kind of get into marketry, it was probably a woodworks episode that I watched. I was like, you know what? That double bevel thing's awesome. Been I'm going to go get that. a scroll saw. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've played around with marketry a little bit since then, but I kind of went the whole hand tool route in the intervening time. So finally, I just sold the scroll saw. Mm-hmm. Um, all this, I think every woodworker can say this when it comes to wood. I bought that piece of wood because I'm going to use it for something very, very specific. This happens a lot for me with turning. I'll pick up just some crazy, crazy, like, exotic wood that I never even knew existed Mm -hmm. and save it for, I'm going to make something out of that. And then eventually (laughs) one day you just either break down and, you know, I have this gorgeous, gorgeous figured piece of like ridiculously figured maple. There was more curl than not on this thing. And I kept thinking, you know, it'd be cool to make like a really cool chisel handle out of it one day. And then I thought, no, I should do something more than that. You know, something to take out of the shop and finally, I ended up cutting into smaller pieces and I, I turned small gifts out of it. You know, I hold on, hung on to this big, long blank thinking I'm going to use it, make a pool cue or something like that. Sure. And yeah, I ended up chopping it into small pieces and using it to make gifts one year because I didn't feel like going and finding more lumber for it. So right. it happens, happens all the time. Um, have you ever given up on a project, Mark? Can't say that I have. I can't bring myself to do that. I've thought about it. Seriously thought about it many times. Um, but now if, if I've started it, I mean, at least if I've gotten to a joinery stage, um, it may get set aside for a long, long time, but I will usually finish it. Yeah. It might look different than what it had originally intended to look like, but I've never given up on it. Yeah. There's always course corrections as you go, but yeah, I don't think at this point that, oh man, I, the way I look at it is even if it's not up to my standard, someone will want that thing. You know, there's always a reason to keep going and just at least get a finished product and then maybe you'll make it better the next time, but completely scrapping a project and just saying, forget about it. And that never really happened. That would be, that would be quite depressing. Okay. Uh, let me see if there's any questions in the chat room. I see, uh, let's see. Jeremy Ridley says, just joining the stream. Looks like Mark won the no Mona campaign. (laughs) (laughs) That is right. I did. Uh, no, my dog didn't escape. Someone's asking, uh, you know, we actually got a, a second rescue dog. So we have a dog named Tormund who is a three-year-old uh, red Doberman. And now we got two reds and they are a, uh, quite the pair. Those two, they're quite happy together, which is pretty cool. Really enjoying them. That's awesome. That way Millie doesn't have to worry about like stepping on the little min pens and crushing right. them. Exactly. No, instead they just step on my vegetables in the garden in the back, which is always fun. Uh, okay. So if you want to catch the email extra, which we are just about to record very soon here, $4 and higher patrons will get access to that directly on the Patreon website. You could even subscribe to the RSS feeds there. So you get it all in one place, including the regular show and the weekend show, which is kind of a nice feature. And uh, let's see, what's the topic? What are we talking about? Oh, getting into the woodworking groove. 
Uh, so someone asked us a question related to that moment when everything's just going right and the shavings are flying and you just feel like you know what the heck you're doing and having a good time. We're going to talk a little bit about that aspect of what we do. And then the ensuing crash afterwards. That's right. It's always going to end poorly when, <laughs> when things are going that well. <laughs> All right. So uh, if you want to support the show, you can head to TWWstore.com and you can find Wood Talk t-shirts there. You could set up a sort of a recurring donation over at Patreon, patreon.com slash woodtalk. You could even leave us a review in the iTunes store and we might read it on the show. Uh, Shannon, why don't you give them that contact info and we'll get out of here. Cool, cool. If you want to tell us just how bad the show was without Matt Cremona, we welcome that feedback because <laughs> we defy the no Mona campaign here. We want Mo Mona. Mo Mona? Mo Mona. How dare you? <clears throat> so, yeah, you can tell us all that. You can leave us a voicemail on Skype. Uh, username is Wood Talk Online, or you can call us at 623-242-5180 or use the contact form at woodtalkshow.com slash contact or just leave a comment on the page mm-hmm. or on the Facebook page mm-hmm. or any other things you can find us. We're mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Good. Well, thanks for Good. listening, everybody. We'll catch you next time. Okay. Bye. Okay. All right. See ya. See ya.